0: this episode of the duck gun podcast proudly brought to you by gunner kennels gunner kennels the market's only double-walled roto molded dog crate and a five-star crash test rated kennel these american-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty and the guys over at gunner kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are like dropping 4,000 pounds on it hammering it with a 630 pound sled tossing it off a 200-foot cliff, and shooting it with a 12-gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner Kindles is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On this weekly hunt update, we talk about the Indiana opener Saturdays high expectations and Sundays public land issues and troubles So before we jump into the podcast quick word from our partners, and then we'll get right to it Hey guys Tim from HTR here If you really want to get your group up front and in the action check out our new HTR a-frame hunt anywhere Concealed it sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide with more designs coming We have you covered from the sides and the top. Oh, and did I mention our A-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box? Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on HTRInnovations.com. Hey guys, another great company that we have partnered with is Sportsman Taxidermy. And we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago, so jump back, check that one out. Really great content there, um, but they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at their shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, you can reach them at 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy@outlook.com at And did I mention, if you're not in the area, they also do shipping, so that's great. Be sure to check them out, guys. We'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at White Rock Decoys. Be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks, silhouettes, and fully collapsible floater decoys. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at Bailey's Game Calls. These 3D printed plastic calls are made in America, highly customizable, and floating. They also have a patent pending on the density of their calls which allows them to mimic wood and acrylic calls. Be sure to check out Bailey's Game Calls for your next duck or
1: goose call. I don't see, yeah, but I think that we're supposed to be live. I'm being told that we're live. There we are. Okay. So I don't know if you guys may have been with us over on YouTube. We were talking with John Lewis from Cabela's Northern Flight um, video series, which is absolutely incredible, <laughs> incredible videos. Um, and I actually, I meant to talk to John about it. I feel like that his videos get hidden a little bit because of all the other content on um, the Cabela's hunting page. Cause man, I I love, I love watching his videos. I just love them. So anyway, we are going to do our, um, hunt week wrap up where Jordan and I are just going to discuss, um, what we've been doing and hunting and just kind of talk about things that have been going on. Um, with our hunting life. Now, last week, I pretty much took the week off. So I don't have anything in the past, although I've got big plans for the weekend, but Jordan was able to get out quite a bit. So I know he's got um, I think at least three or four hunts. He's gone on to tell me about that that we have not even discussed yet. And then stick around on the, because the end of this Jordan and I are going to talk about our season stats. Um, both of us track our statistics at freelance hunt stats, which is, which is a website that I had develop so at the end of these talks we we go over what our yearly statistics are and um, how many birds we've shot and I'll tell you I'll, a little a little a little spoiler here my very favorite statistic of the year is I have not lost a single bird yet not one so I've shot 42 I've not lost a single there was three birds now that I thought I was gonna lose that I didn't so my my goal one of my main goals in hunting is to eventually go a, a full season without losing a, a single bird um i've gone a whole year without losing a duck i lost no ducks and one common merganser on the second to last hunt of the year i lost which i shouldn't shoot at anyway but anyway we're going to be talking about those stats <laughs> at the end of the hunt and everything um so you ready to roll jordan i am ready to roll so uh
0: i guess I actually only have two hunts to uh to share with you so you hyped it up a little a little too much but
1: <laughs> i thought you i thought you went on three and then you um decided you were too sleepy this morning
0: <laughs> no that would have been <laughs> the third and uh yeah um i have a terrible time with getting up unfortunately you wouldn't think that with all the duck hunting i do but is the it is the bane of my existence so
1: <laughs> so and i know you said that you have problems like sleep hitting your snooze we don't remember but when you when you actually wake up for a hunt do you struggle the first 30 to 45 minutes of when you get up is it like no it's like,
0: no it's not at all I, you would think i'm a, no, a morning person it is the actual act of waking up where i literally am asleep turning off my alarm like my mind says yes but my body says no it's just like <laughs> it just I turn off the phone. Like, I'll hit the alarm in my sleep. I won't, won't remember at all, and I'll wake up with my phone in my hand, and I'll have, like, three alarms, and I've turned them all off, and I'm sitting there, and I wake up and look over at my hand, and, I'm, and I know at that point that I've screwed up somehow. So
1: my uh, But you don't my, have any recollection of, no, of hitting the alarms? No, I don't, yeah,
0: or very, very faint. But, like, at the point where the, where I've turned it off, it's like I don't have the capability to make decisions. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, now, do you
1: typically hit snooze? Are you a snooze-hitting guy?
0: No, I just turn it off.
1: <laughs> but like on, on a normal basis, on a day in, day out, do you hit snooze or do you get up right when your alarm clock goes off?
0: No, I just, yeah, I just turn it off. So um, it's just only a But problem. when you don't turn it off, do you hit snooze? No, I don't.
1: <laughs> okay. See, that's I'm conf- weird. That's weird. I'm
0: confusing you. It's just I literally, if I wake up, I, I'm i fine. Like, I would be like, oh, you need to get up. But it's when I'm not awake, I can't wake up. I, that doesn't make sense. But um, it's, I can't wake up when I'm, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Anyways, no, I hear the you. way I, hear I, I, hear I combat this is I put it in my living room. So my bedroom is across the house from the living room. Um, I'll have it by the end table, by the front door. I'll, I'll put my phone over there and put my alarm on and my alarm goes off and I don't hear it and eventually my wife like starts like waking me up you know shoving me which I'm sure she's very happy that she has to deal with this for the rest of her life but um (laughs) and then I go running through the house go through the the hallway through the kitchen into the living room across the living room over the end table and get my phone and by then I'm awake and I won't go back to sleep I just turn it off and Go about my business. But when it is on my nightstand or on my uh, headboard right behind me, and I don't have to like move, I literally put my hand up there, grab my phone, and turn it off. I won't wake up in that amount of time.
1: <laughs> Not good. Not good. No. See, I, I'm a snoozer. I love hitting snooze. Like I, I wake up every morning around, I like to get up around 6 30. Sometimes I snooze it to 6 45, but I try 6 30 is my target goal. So it, I'll have my arm go off, go off like 5 50 and then 610, and then 620, and then I'll get up. So I, I'm hitting snooze quite a bit. But when it's hunting, there's no snooze involved. It's like I'm bounding out of bed. Typically speaking, <laughs> I'm bounding out of bed, like feeling the adventure already already on.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's how I am. I just have to wake up first. <laughs>
1: yeah. And
0: it's Some like, guys hate take it. That like my,
1: just that minute of being conscious. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should do what I do and just blame your wife. (laughs) Like, if ever I lose anything, the first thing out of my mouth is, where did you put my headphones?
0: (laughs) I do that too. (laughs) So next time you would be like,
1: why didn't you wake me up?
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that'll get me in some trouble. So I already do it enough.
1: (laughs) Well, and see, but then you get her irritated enough that she'll start digging an elbow into you. bam, when she hears that alarm go off, and then you are up and at them at that point.
0: No, then I complain about her waking me up to, uh, like, abruptly, like, scaring me. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: you know, if it's that or miss your hunt. Yeah. No, yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, I'll take the elbow to the back of the skull any day of the week over missing the hunt. (laughs) (laughs) The back of the
1: skull. I was thinking right in the square of your back. Oh,
0: Oh, man. I I have a, a lot of stories. Probably not... The right time for it, but uh, a lot of stories about how I've woken up, like sleep, almost sleepwalked, crazy things. So m- maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll share just one and then we'll get to the hunt hunts. But okay. uh, it was early on in our uh, marriage. I think we we're about, it was probably just maybe a month into it. And uh, <laughs> so um, we're in a new house and. Um, we're sleeping in, in in our bed, and it's the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, I think that I, I wake up and I'm looking at this alarm clock, and it's on the floor, um, in the corner, away from the bed, because obviously I don't wake up unless I run across the room to turn off alarm clocks. And uh, <laughs> so I'm squinting at it in the middle of the night and trying to figure out what time it is. And I see this like hazy, um, like smoky stuff just coming through the air. And like I've already had issues where I've like woken up and done sleepwalk stuff. And, uh, and you know, my wife is getting annoyed by it because you know, we've been married for like a couple months. And uh, so anyways, I'm looking at it. I'm like, it's not smoke. You're asleep. It's not smoke. And I'm looking at the alarm clock. I'm like, it is smoke. And I, and I jump and like do like a 360 in the air, rip the covers off the bed. Like the house is on fire. And, like And my wife's like, the house is not on fire. Get back in bed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Sleeping oh, and waking up is not my uh, strong suit. We'll just say that. <laughs>
1: so let me tell one story because this is the only time on this podcast I'll ever be able to tell this story, and it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's about it's about kind of sleepwalking. So I had um, this friend of mine and his wife; they'd just been married just a short time, and um, they were really, really good friends of mine. Like they, we were just pals. And so one night, I guess, um, he, had, he had drank a little bit too too much the night before. And um, he woke up in the middle of the night and was kind of sleepwalking, but kind of just still intoxicated. And um, he was stumbling to try to get to the bathroom to go to take a piss. And, um, you know, it was just dark and he's stumbling around. And he thought that he had made it to the bathroom. So he start, he starts to relieve himself. And come to find out he was in the corner peeing on her hope chest. <laughs> oh. nice. He peed all over his wife's hope chest. <laughs> yeah, sure I bet that, that was never a hope well. for her chest. No, I don't think that went over very well. Either <laughs> when you urinate on your wife's hope chest. <laughs> mm. Might have been a little passive aggressive in there. They're no longer married, I know. So yeah, maybe that was <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs>
0: yeah, I would say so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, anyway, so the hunt you skipped and slept in today, what were the prospects of that hunt?
0: Um, honestly, they weren't the greatest, but that's not, you know, obviously not the reason I slept through, but um, yeah, they're going to a new spot, checking it out it was one of uh the buddy, one of his buddies' spots and um it turned into a good scout, so it'll it'll be a good a, a good hunt um later on this year, I think. So was it just you a... that
1: was planning on going on this hunt this morning? It was just solo?
0: No, no, it was me and then uh my boss over at HTR Innovations and <sighs> then one of his buddies.
1: <laughs> you overslept uh not with your boss. <laughs> that
0: makes it worse. Oh yeah. my
1: god, that makes it way worse.
0: I know, I know. Way way worse than like yeah. <laughs> so uh, did was,
1: they did they end up hunting?
0: Yeah, yeah. How'd they, they do? They got skunked. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not honestly it's not my boss's fault so like it's his buddy's hunt So, and my boss is really really meticulous about everything they do so um <laughs> if he would have been in charge of the hunt I'm sure it would have gone different but yeah let's not hearken on me being uh, late. <laughs> I apologize but yeah he said it was fine <laughs> so
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like you like you knew something you're like ah screw him I'm sleeping in it's gonna be terrible <laughs> no no so were they trying to call you?
0: Yeah. He texted me once and sat in my driveway for 10 minutes and then he was gone.
1: Oh man. Yeah. It gets not. worse and worse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did
1: you panic when you were going? You're like, <gasps> ah!
0: yeah, I did a little bit. And then I went and sat on the couch and sulked and,
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, I'll leave you alone. That's then, pretty funny. Then,
0: it, to not make the morning a complete waste, I went and tried to scout out somewhere else so I could give them some good news. I'm like, hey, I got, I got a hunt lined up. <laughs> but no, <laughs> I, I didn't even find any birds, so. Uh, oh, my gosh. Birds are so,
1: pretty thin right there right now, or what?
0: Uh, Honestly, yeah, it, it seems kind of weird because we had so many birds this weekend, but um, we just haven't located them where we're wanting to hunt yet, so hopefully something soon
1: so you think they're around you just haven't found them
0: yeah i mean when i was talking to my boss about it because uh my boss went out hunting i scouted and then hunter the other guy um from our group went out and scouted um another spot and he said he didn't see nothing i saw very few and then where my boss was at they just set up it was the first time they hunted it this year they hunted it kind of similarly last year and didn't have success and like i said this is buddy's setup um and so I think they got a better plan for hitting it up later this year. They had, you know, I think about 70 honkers come in there and it's got a uh, kind of a marshy swamp with a pond right next to it over this ridge. And so they had a bunch of geese coming into the, the pond and then the, the marsh was full of, it had a couple groups of mallards and it had, a, you know, a bunch of wood ducks roosting on it as well. So it's just figuring out, the birds are there, they're landing, they're using the water. So it's just about figuring out how to hunt that.
1: So they saw him. They just couldn't get any to them. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think they did have some. Well. Yeah. That's, I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly the, the details. But um, gotcha. I don't even think they fired. But I think they had opportunities too. Yep. So anyway. So was your this, boss's
1: buddy? It was about your boss's buddy or your buddy?
0: It was my boss's buddy. His his name okay. is is Lyle. He's actually in some of the videos as well from HDR.
1: Okay.
0: The last year as well. So um I guess those were my videos on my channel. He's he was in maybe just one. So um yeah. So anyways, let's jump to the the good stuff. We'll go to Saturday and stop talking about my screw up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's the good
0: stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's good for you. Good laugh for you. <laughs> oh man. Um so anyways. Back to Saturday. So um we had a bunch of birds spotted out. Um, you know, a kind of spot we've, that they've hunted in the past. I've I've hunted it with them as well, and um, so we knew that there's birds there. They'd had scouted it out a few days prior, and then we went out and scouted it Friday morning before work. Um, and we, we went up to the woods and we're scouting this pond, and you know, birds find all over the place. Um, and kind of we're kind of figuring out where to set up. On Saturday, and then we go to leave, and we look behind us, and there's just mallards tornadoing into this field, um, <laughs> and
1: like a crop field.
0: Yeah, a crop field. So it's corn. It's a corn field, and then um, it's the drainage. You know how they put tiles in cornfields uh, to drain the water, and uh, so it's one of those ponds. I guess what are they call a retention pond, maybe I don't know. Um, maybe that's not the right wording, but. There's a pond that's surrounded by the cornfield in the woods. This part of this farm, and it loads up with birds a lot. So, anyways, so we turn around behind us and we see a bunch of birds, um, kind of tornadoing into this this cornfield. And we get over there, and you know it's still somewhat dark, and, and we're like, "Hey, that's water over there. These birds are landing in water." So, uh, right then we kind of knew uh, we had a, we had two choices, and we had to decide on which one to go hunt, and so. Um, you know, we left. We went out, actually scouted some other places out, and then came back um, once the morning flight was over about 9, 930, probably about 930, and to go check out that location. And um, Tim walked out, walked from the truck, walked through the cornfield um, to about 30 yards, and we got about 30 yards away from it. Um, <laughs> I would say about 20 or 30 mallards just picked up, and they you know, flew a little ways, and they landed right back down in there. And so we're like, there's probably more birds in there. They didn't even get up. They're not spooked. Um, and we're pretty, we, we wanted to hunt that opposed to hunting the big pond. It just seemed like a really fun place to hunt. And so that was our plan for the next day. Um, and so, yeah, next day, opening day, uh, we go out there first light. We set up, um, with a couple a-frame blinds and not very many mallard, uh, decoys, just, you know, just a few here and there, um, set up. It's it ended up being this like slew with this tall grass and we set up, you know, first light, um, like I said we hadn't really been back into it so we didn't have a, a great grasp on even how far the water went back there and uh, so we set up about 15 20 yards off of it and put our decoys in there we figured we'd have you know a 20 yard shot to the birds as the decoy in um, so how was co- could you
1: get the how close could you get the truck into the field
0: um it had a, a lane that went back through there so I would say um. I'm I'm pretty bad with distances, but I would say it's probably about a couple hundred yards. Maybe yeah, I'd say about that to the slough. Oh,
1: just oh, yeah. Okay.
0: So yeah, that's not a bad walk at all. I've I've had ones actually that same field where you have to walk hundreds and hundreds of yards, um, <laughs> hauling stuff. Even just walking mm. through a frozen field like that, plowed, is no fun. Um, no. So yeah, it's not plowed yet. It makes it a lot easier. Uh, we walked up on one of the tracks of the <laughs> um, irrigation system. So, um, yeah, so we, we got up there first thing in the morning, um, gave ourselves plenty of time to get out there. Uh, we got two A-frames. We got them set up, uh, brushed all in, hidden really well. Um, we got the decoys out, and uh, first light comes, and we just have, just like the last the day we scouted, we just had uh, mallards everywhere um, coming in, and they're going to that pond. They're coming over here, and they start circling in. Um, and this is probably like five minutes after shooting light and this big group comes in and, um, you know, they let them have it and, um, you know, we drop some and, and, uh, you know, first light action keeps coming, (laughs) shooting birds. And, uh, then kind of really abruptly, um, the action just stops and there's really, really very, um. There's not very much movement. So we actually decided at that point that we were set up in the wrong place. You know, the sun was coming up. It was right in our eyes. And we, we saw that this the slough was way bigger than we thought. We thought it was this tiny kind of hole. But it was really probably maybe 70 yards wide, if not more, And maybe – or long, wide, whatever way you want to say it. And maybe – about 40, 50 yards the other way. So it, it was a bigger slew, and we could get in the actual tall grass with our A-frames opposed to being, like, in some brushy stuff, but in the corn where... Um So we could get way closer to the birds. So we ended up switching to there, but the flight was kind of already over. And we only had one more mallard come in after we switched the setup. And, uh, I mean, it was a beautiful decoying solo mallard and actually got to shoot it. (laughs) But it comes in and it, um, you know, got it on video. You know, it just comes swooping in and then, like, dives out of the heavens towards us and just all the way perfect. And, like, it's, like, coming in sideways to the blind and no one else sees it. And I'm sitting on the far right side. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this mallard just, and then it just cups up perfect. And I'm like, <laughs> grab my gun, and like sneak out of the side of it. And and um, um, Hunter, me and Hunter switched on the big camera um, so that I got some shooting in as well. But, uh, you know, he got the camera on just in time. And <laughs> uh, But my, the funny thing about that one is my gun strap actually flipped over the barrel. So oh. I, could, I couldn't see it, and this is this is the first uh, season I've hunted with a gun strap. So uh-huh. I, I don't know if you hunt with one or not.
1: Yeah. Uh huh.
0: But that's I guess it's something to be aware of if you're uh, you stand up real quick and your your strap goes over it. And I went to aim and I couldn't see anything. So oh no, I, I missed my first two shots, and like I was this mallard was at ten yards, like it should have been one and done. <laughs> and so finally yeah. he got out to thirty yards where I could
1: shoot him, but. <laughs> You killed him dead on the third one?
0: Yep. So he just, the way he came in though, it was crazy because he comes in and he's like directly in line with our blind. Like I had to go turn to the like 90 degrees out the side of it. And uh, the only way he could go is like he goes and he's cupped up and then he just shoots straight up. I've never seen, he just like a rocket. He goes straight up, almost like yeah. no angle at all. He just goes straight up. And I hit him on the third shot and dusting him pretty hard and he just... Flopped all the way, down. it was—it's one of the most beautiful mallards I've ever shot. Um, had two perfect sprigs, um, you know, perfect, beautiful coloring, and yeah, it was Did just. Did you save him? I didn't save him. No, I figured it's, we shoot so many mallards that's like all we shoot. So um, I'm gonna wait for one in later season because they're a little fatter, their legs are a little oranger and okay. uh, more orange. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's just finding one with perfect sprigs or you know a triple curl. For mounting, yeah, would be yeah,
1: and I'm also looking for one with that the back brown pattern, which can be hard to find, where it's really beautiful right on the back.
0: Mm Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're both getting uh, a couple birds mounted this year from Sportsman Taxidermy, so we'll be that'll be a common thing theme we talk about our birds that we're getting mounted.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever heard of a a term called storm widget? Yeah. Yeah. From you. I have never <laughs> heard of that term from me. Okay, so we've talked about it. So I've never heard of this term in my life of, of storm widgeon. And I talked to this guy in Arkansas. We text back and forth from time to time, talk about our hunts. And he's like, "Yeah, my friend shot a storm widgeon." I'm like, "What's a storm wigeon? So he showed me a picture, and on a on a big drake widgeon, a storm widgeon is one that has not only white on the top of their head, but underneath the green eye patch, there's their cheeks are more white. Yeah, they look um, awesome than your normal drake. They do look awesome. And um, Simeon shot that beautiful widgeon with Aiden. And I got, so I like pulled up that picture. And sure enough, uh, the one Simeon shots a quote, storm widgeon. I mean, I looked at the difference between Simeon's and the one Aiden shot a beautiful one on our last hunt. And sure enough, um, Simeon's has a face is much more white than the one that Aiden shot. So we've got that in the freezer. I, at this point, it, I just can't imagine that one's not going to get mounted. Because yeah. I guess the storm widgeon is a lot more rare, um, which must not be too awful rare, but more so <laughs> than your your you know the other widgeon drakes will have a little more um grayish kind of face yep. than the white. So, hmm. and maybe when they get in full plume, they they're all storm widgeons. I don't know. I haven't. I'm just now new to this term. Never yeah. yet. never heard it before in my life. Heard it two days in a row. So um, that's in the freezer for us for sure.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a good one for sure.
1: So you guys ended up with, what did you say, nine
0: mallards? Yeah, so we ended up with nine. Um, You know, with our expectations, we thought we're we're, we're already counting our limits. Like, you know, that kind of of deal when you see the tornadoing birds. But it's just kind of unfortunate when you have, first thing, so many birds. Like, we had a a big group cupped in, you know, right into the the set. Um, Mm -hmm. And if we would have been in our first spot, we would have had way easier shots because it ended up being further to the right because the slew went further than we thought. Um, and they're yeah. cupped up coming in, but you know, and then everything to the right, so it made it a little bit further shots, even though they're decoying in. So um, if we had to do, we learned a lot from this hunt. First time we hunted that location on the farm, so you know, uh, but we're not going to complain about nine nine birds. We had a, a great hunt, four shooters, nine birds. Um, opening day shooting mallards, so I had a blast. They had a blast. Um, you know, a little off the expectations, and then then. On another note, on that, probably the biggest disappointment from that is kind of on something you said earlier where you haven't lost a bird. We had a terrible time finding birds. And, um, huh. you know, in that slough with that really tall grass and really thick grass, it was almost impossible. Like, you'd mark them, go exactly to it. And we spent a ton of time looking for birds and find when we'd find them. And then we did lose some. So, how many um, did you lose? How many did you guys lose? Um, we lost. I believe it was four to start with. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's four out of nine. So, um, And we didn't bring my dog. I think we talked about this last week. But, yeah. um, you know, originally he asked me. He's like, hey, you going to bring your dog? Because um, I bring him whenever we go uh, for the most part. But that's because I don't have to focus on filming and, you know, also my somewhat trained dog. You know, he's trained by me, so it's, he's not perfect. Mm. Um, and yeah. this is just really the start of his second season hunting. You know, he, he had – his first retrieve on the last day of season two years ago so Mm -hmm. you know last year was his first full season of of hunting um and then this year to start off we went we've gone on a blue wing tail hunt and um that's all he had and it was not the best you know kind of he was so wired for the birds that it was hard to control so i didn't want to bring a dog that i wasn't sure about and have to mess around with that when i don't want to miss like the footage the shots i'm gonna get um so i didn't bring him um <laughs> it would have been yeah. it would have been great to have a dog. And so what I actually did is I asked like, "Hey, do you mind um do you mind uh I think we lost the, the Facebook stream. Here I'm going to fix it real quick.
1: I'm so Are you sure we lost it? Cuz I'm still I'm still watching it. I'm still showing. It.
0: Uh okay. Are we still live? I think so. All right. Well, we'll just continue. If we dropped or dropped. Um,
1: (laughs) I think we're still, I think we're still good.
0: Okay. Anyways. So like I said, um, now I can't remember what I was saying. Oh, so I I told him I didn't want to bring chief um, because of that. And um, it would have been really, it would have been perfect to have chief. But so what I did is I asked him if he minded, Or if, you know, the landowner, minded, if I came later, after the hunt, to actually uh, go and um, uh, try to recover those four lost birds. Um, You know, just because I knew. I knew Chief has a great nose. He'll be searching through that stuff and have no problem. Excuse me. So, um, ended up going back home, grabbed Chief, and we went out there. And, uh he was actually able to sniff out and retrieve two of those birds that we lost. So that, oh, that sweet. Us, yeah. That, that made us all feel a lot better. Cause we were pretty down about like not being able to find these birds. Like, especially, mm-hmm. you know, as sportsmen, you don't want to be like out there and you know, the whole point of hunting well not, I mean, a lot of the point of hunting is to harvest your game. And, um, and so, yeah, being able to go out there and find a couple more work chief, that was awesome. It, really was a, a big bonus yeah. for me to be able to do that. And yeah. Was, you know, feel, feel well, bravo to you to for taking
1: it. the time. Bravo to you for taking the time <laughs> to go back out there and do that. That's very cool. Yeah.
0: So that was, that it's was tough when
1: episode. you set up in places like that. It's really, really, we, we try hard not to set up in places Um. that way we don't have, good comfortable landing zones but sometimes like i don't know did you see the last video that i posted on monday did you happen to watch that one yet
0: um i'm part way through it i haven't finished it yet
1: okay so uh, um that spot when we went back in there had lost a lot of water and we got in there i mean it was just a miracle that we didn't lose lose any birds out of that because we didn't have izzy wasn't with us and i mean there was very little open water just really condensed weeds and Man, we we ended up shooting nine in that particular spot, and it was just a miracle we didn't lose any birds. Mm -hmm. There was one that, uh, uh, there was one I shot, I dropped, and I could tell it was wounded when I hit it. So I take off running, immediately take off running right on the line of it, run right over top the bird because Aiden's (laughs) following me. I guess the bird saw me coming, it was only like a calf deep water, and the bird dives under the water, and I didn't see it. I run right over top of it. And then it pops back up out of the water, right? As Aiden's walking there and Aiden sees this whole thing, you know, like this bird pulled a little Barry Sanders on me and, uh, Aiden just (laughs) luckily saw it pop its head back up. Was it a teal? And yeah, it was a teal. Those things are so I, I, yeah. So I was incredibly, and there was a couple that we dropped that were dead, but we were in this kind of switchgrass stuff that was so thick that they landed back in those. It's like, you know, like, like in your guys' situation, sometimes even if they're dead, it's unbelievably hard just to find them at all because it's so thick. So yeah, it's, a, I think it's important to try not, if you, at all possible, try not to set up in locations like that. Mm. Yeah. But sometimes uh, you just, you, that's just how it is.
0: Yeah. We wouldn't have thought it was like going to be so hard. Cause like we said, it's this, I mean, relatively small slew, mm. um, <laughs> compared to like, you know, when you're talking like a full marsh and, uh, But that tall grass, like, you could spot it and be right there and walk up to it, and you couldn't find it. And, like, the first one that Chief was able to find... It was actually out of the water in a tuff of grass. And so this this bird must have been alive when it hit the ground. And he just crawled in there. And so, uh, like, we're talking, like, a foot-by-foot wide. But if you weren't to actually, like, put your head in there and, like, pull the grass apart, Mm -hmm, you wouldn't have seen mm -hmm. the mallard in the middle of it. But Chief just goes right up to it, sticks his face in there, and pulls out a a mallard. And I'm like, whoa. (laughs) It's just like. Yeah. And so I bet that made you
1: feel so good.
0: Oh, yeah, it did. I was like, (laughs) yep. So, um.
1: Were they dead? Those two that he recovered? Yeah,
0: they were completely dead. the other one was in the yeah. water, um, mm. out there in the slough. And he went out there and, you know, comes walking back that, that always, you know, I have a lot of places where I hunt where if I didn't have a dog, it's just like, you, you might not find them. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's yeah. just like, I, I take it for granted that I don't have to beforehand. I didn't think about that at all. And the other guys were kind of saying like, when we're getting out there, like, man, man, this is going to be tough without your dog. You know, like it's going to be tough without a dog out here, uh, to find these in that stuff, you know? Um, and for me, I, I've not hunted very much in those kind of situations. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I did have a hunt, you know, uh, I guess a couple of years back now, three years back now, maybe. And, um, and we had a day kind of like that. And ever since then, I really haven't had days like that because I have chief. Um, but it really, it really gives you appreciation to have, your dog and i guess that's one thing we could talk about with you um kind of like you're saying you didn't have izzy on your weekend hunt so how's that been not having a dog um compared to like
1: almost all well, of
0: your history of hunting yeah. recently is with a dog
1: well when i'm with my dad he's got candy of course so um as far as the retrieving aspect goes of it um we have we ha- we've always had candy except for the last hunt aiden and i went on and izzy wasn't with me i'd say that from my own personal perspective because there's only been one hunt well no two hunts one when she got spayed and then another hunt where she was just i couldn't take her because she was at my parents house or something so in the last in her lifetime 10 years i've only hunted without her two hunts ever and i will say that there's an aspect of it where it's a little more relaxing without out of dog now izzy is is, is well behaved as humanly possible but there is just a little aspect where hey, you know, it's a kind of a little bit nice not to have to worry about being in control of a dog. But the, it's totally foreshadowed by the fact of how much having her there means to me and what a companion she is to me. And so I'm I'm certainly very much ready to, to get her back out there. Um, you know, her nose is, I'd say, below average. Um, she marks the birds really, really well. That's her strong suit is marking birds. But her nose is pretty sad honestly so she's not all that much of a help as far as finding deads unless she sees it ahead of time but it's certainly been an adjustment not having her out there but her recovery is going really really well took her to the vet and he he checked her out he said she looks like she's on track everything's healing properly and she's just now getting to the point where if she sees me and i get home from work she'll trot up to me and actually run a little bit Mm. so I think if all goes well, I'm going to take her back to the vet on the 14th of November. We're hunting the 14th, 15th, 16th. Um, I'm going to take her back to the vet on the afternoon of the 14th. Hopefully, he'll give her the green light, and then November 15th will be her first hunt back. So, this has definitely been an adjustment. It really sucks to leave your dog. Like, the last time, we just had to leave her in the truck, and I hate that. You know, they're looking at you, and they want to go, (laughs) and... Cause she can't put it together and be like, okay, I can't hunt because I got hurt. You know, and in yeah, her mind, it's just like, oh, I'm getting left by my best friend. <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah I've I got I a big a, decision to make. Uh, I've your? got a big decision to make about what, when I'm going to buy her, um, mm. not predecessor. I said that last time when I have find her. <laughs> yeah. So it's either going to be uh, this winter or the next. And I'm right now. I'm kind of leaning towards go ahead and seeing what she can do her 12th year and then if, if i need to go without a dog that year then i'll still have candy around most of the time and then getting a pup um the following january of 2020 but i i just don't have a lot of desire to re to raise a pup right now i'm like i'm dreading it i'm dreading the whole process because <laughs> they're just such a pain for that year well, i mean you can
0: just uh you know fork up the big money and get get one that's fully trained at one year old
1: Well, I don't want to do that either because the puppy phase is really cool. And having a dog that you trained yourself and, you know, when someone asks you, you know, did you train your dog? It's really, it's really rewarding to be like, yeah, I did. More embarrassing. (laughs) Well, you know, it might be probably more embarrassing to be like, yeah, I paid thousands of dollars and the dog still sucks, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's really rewarding in that bond of relationship when, when you're taking them through all of the steps of training and from eight weeks on and, um, it's cool. It, so I would certainly, if I'm going to have a dog, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pass that part up for sure. But so we'll mm-hmm. see successor Brandon. Yes. Successor her successor. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. I keep saying like predecessor, but predecessor. successor her successor. <laughs> and I, I've got, so I've got 400 and about $450 saved up for the next dog. I think my budget's going to be, I'm hoping between 700 and a thousand. Hmm. It's kind coming- of I try to, have to shoot
0: shooter Well, I'm gonna so. have to take a few more years, I think, to for Chiefs' uh, predecessor. Wait, no, <laughs> successor. <laughs> successor. <laughs> so yeah, that well, Chiefs cool. young. Be a, you got one. Huh? Yeah, I think I, I will get one before he gets old though, um, but it's probably a couple years off still. Um, just just for the enjoyment of training and and that yeah. kind of stuff. We'll see though. I mean, I'm gonna. You know, with family life too, it might change uh, <laughs> that as well.
1: Have you thought about actually letting him, um, I don't know what the proper word is, sire a litter and then taking one from that? That would be super cool.
0: I have, but he doesn't have papers. So that'd be kind of hard to get a good mate for him because he only has, hmm. uh, I got him from a farm. And so <clears throat> they had the mom, the mom lab had papers. And yeah. the neighbor was the neighbor lab came over and impregnated the, the mom. And then that family oh, yeah. moved away. So I couldn't get yeah. hold of them or find papers at all. So he didn't have any papers that I can, you know, say like, hey, this is like, you know, whatever the, all those terminology they use and mm-hmm. for like purebred and all that kind of stuff. So it'd be hard to get a good litter. And if you want, obviously you want to get your next pup from a good litter.
1: Yeah. I that's the thing I we always buy females and that's the thing that sucks about them because you want if they're an indoor dog you certainly are going to want to get them spayed um because you're just not dealing with with that you know no cycle divers. issue want some yeah no divers I'm not going to play that game but at the same time having her little puppy would there would be nothing cooler to me than her successor being her daughter. I mean, I just can't think of anything cooler than that. Yeah. But well, and forgot. Brandon asked uh, go ahead I'm sorry.
0: You could you could try to find uh, her sister or her brother that's not spayed and get it from yeah, the same line.
1: I could I, I could call that and just see if they're still running that line. That's certainly an option. That's certainly an option. <laughs> but I, honestly, I would like I would like to get a a little better bloodline. She was only about three hundred fifty bucks, and she's not all that athletic. And oh, she's looking at me. It's, I'm sorry. <laughs> she's not. A, you know, I'm hoping the next dog is a little more athletic. Maybe. Yeah, um, I hear Than what I mean. she is. But if I could, if if it was like, okay, could you hunt with the dog? you have right, with Izzy for the rest of your life. I'd sign on the dotted line right now because she's just so easy to hunt with. She's so easy to hunt with. And that, to me, is the number one factor. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's like uh, when you see like dogs like Barton Ramsey's, though. They're like Izzy, but then with the drive of, like, candy. And it's hard to get both of those perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a professional trainer is the, I mean.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think their dogs are good in general. Just from what you see, like if you go on their the Facebook group, they have really good bloodlines.
1: Oh, for sure, the best bloodlines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those I mean, those dogs are over two thousand a dog, and man, yeah. I would love to score one from him, but that's just <laughs> out of my price range. Unless 26. he's willing to do some type of promotional thing.
0: Twenty six fifty.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, even if he's like, "Oh, listen, listen, Elliot, I'll, I'll give you a dog half price." And, you know, you just talk about it on your way, on your, I'm still out of it's still out of my price range. (laughs) Yeah. Although if he was going to give me one for 50%, not that I'm asking, I'm just saying, theoretically, (laughs) if he were to, it'd be really hard to not try to raise that money. Uh, Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, if you guys heard it here. So, um uh, someone tag Barton Ramsey. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no. I'm not looking. I'm not looking for handouts. I'm just daydreaming about how I could possibly get that high high of an end of a dog.
0: Yeah. No, those are amazing be... dogs.
1: I mean, I've seen my dad's dog where he's paid like 1200 for him and um there's just a huge difference in their nose, um their hunting ability than what I've seen out of Izzy. Mm-hmm. um Now, maybe those are, it's a real small sample size, Um, but I can tell you his, his dogs and one of them, which he um, worked in hunt tests and everything, just the obvious, it's like watching a NBA player versus a college basketball player. I mean, it's really remarkable differences as far as athleticism and nose and everything. I mean, his, his last dog before candy, I swear, I don't think she ever missed a bird that was wounded. It was insane how she would come up. It was like, she knew where, right where they were. It was like, she had them locked on GPS or something. It was crazy.
0: His dog before candy.
1: Mm. -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. She was in something else. She was something else.
0: All right. Well, I do have one more hunt to talk about. So let's, let's, uh, jump to that, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. What you got? Um, so I, I went on another hunt. I went on Sunday, um, kind of like a wood duck hunt. Um, they do have some mallards that come in there, scouted it out. And I'd been scouting it for a little while. Um, And so, I went out the night before, and it's snowing, and I could see some birds working in the area. So, I'm like, I don't think anybody's hunted this on Saturday, uh, this area, so I'm going to go in there um, first thing Sunday morning. Um, So, I got out there, went out there, um, you know, got to the parking lot. Nobody's there. I'm like, this is perfect. Um, And it's just like swampy, public pond, lake. I guess it's a lake. Um, And so, I get out there. And it, it's kind of surrounded by like farmland and stuff like that. So, anyways, I'm out there. have the, the place to myself. I'm setting up. Um, but meanwhile, while I'm setting up, another group rolls up. And they have permission t- to access it from private. And I knew that there was kind of a, a permanent blind that was built back there. Um, but I'd never seen anybody hunt it, ever. Um, so, they must just be kind of like the weekend warriors here and there. Um, but not very often. So... This is kind of like one of my secret spots too that generally is just good for some wood duck hunts. You know, can limit out on some wood, woodies. Um, get some good work for your dog and have a good hunt. So anyways, go out there. These guys setting up. Um, and their private blind was maybe about 200 yards from where I'm already set up at. Um, <laughs> or their permanent blind on sitting on private property. Uh, so that was unfortunate, but I'm like, ah, whatever. Hopefully the birds are working through here from my side first. Um, so I get a chance at them before these guys start blasting them. But anyways, so, um, kind of already had some red flags going into that. Um, but you know, first light comes and, um, hearing lots of woodies, but not a lot of action. Um, it was really cloudy and overcast and dark even after shooting light, So the birds didn't move right away. Um, but then, you know, first light comes or the first, the birds start moving, um, maybe 10 minutes after first light or shooting, shooting light. And, uh, You know, have a couple work in, and I can hear the other group. They start blasting. Um, I have birds work in, and I knock a couple down. Chief goes out and retrieves the first one. And, I mean, this this other group is, like, blasting. I I have no idea how many guys were over there. But, um, (laughs) you know, typical to public land um, and sky blaster fashion, um, these guys were going at it. So, (laughs)
1: Like you'd hear, like, barrages of 20 shots?
0: I, I wouldn't say it was 20. It was, like, uh, maybe like nine or something. So it was probably yeah. just a few guys. But it, when you're sitting like that in this marsh, it's like surrounded by trees. It sounds like a freaking army. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just blasting at everything. So, I mean, I wasn't sure exactly. Um, but like when they're shooting that much and like, it's just wood ducks, um, you know, there might be a mallard here or there. So it's like, how are you shooting that much and not limiting out, you know? Cause um, they're shooting at everything. They're just shooting at everything and taking crazy shots. Yeah. Um, and so, anyways, send chief out for the first wood duck, <laughs> beautiful drake. He he grabs it and brings it right back to me. And you know I get him lined up for the second one, and he sees it out there and he's going out for it. And um, and in comes a bird, and it sells right in the set, right in front of him, and it lands right in front of him. And it's a cripple from them that just selled two hundred yards and <laughs> and <laughs> landed into my set. And so oh, this bird gosh. is is like wounded. And, um, um, but it's like alive enough that chief can't grab it. And so this thing is fighting Mm -hmm. and flapping and kind of, you've seen where they're they're crippled and they'll be able to flap a little bit and get away and, but they can't fly and swim pretty fast. And so chief is chasing this thing all over the place. And so, um, he's chasing, did he just
1: break or did you send him?
0: No, he, he was literally like 10 feet from the other bird and it landed right next to the (laughs) other one. And so this other one's like dead with one wing up. And so he Uh switches off of that one to the, the crippled because it's you know making all this movement and going around and so he's chasing it and he chases it through like the cattails and then he comes out and they're both swimming this way and he's corralling it towards their set and I'm like oh great he's going to go in there so I try calling him off but he he wasn't having it um, I don't know how your dogs are if you have if they're on a bird if you're able to call them off or not no nope um, <laughs> so that's something I wanted to work on just because of that situation I'm like well so anyways I see what's going to happen he's going to swim into their set and meanwhile these guys are still just blasting like literally it's just non-stop gunfire going off <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they got like cripples over here 200 yards and um, anyways so I grab my canoe as fast I can and start you know going over that way and Chief is taking that bird and he's taking it literally right into their set and he's like I see him going through this. I uh, round the corner. He's got like a decoy dragon behind him and this bird in front of
1: him. And, uh, <laughs> oh my God. and it's their bird. They don't even know.
0: Yeah, it's their bird. And so I hear them yelling at me to get my dog. And then they shoot. And this bird is like 10 feet in front of him. And Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was so furious. Like, I didn't know what to do. And so, like, a chief was scared at that point because, like, he's never had a bird shot 10 feet in front of him. Um <laughs> You know, I've shot oh, while wow. he's out in the set, but, like, I know where uh-huh. he's at. And, you know, you will shoot to the left. You have birds come over here, and he's yeah. over here retrieving one. But it's uh-huh. totally different. He's chasing this bird into their set, a wounded bird, <coughs> and they and they shoot. So I was pretty fired up. Were they shooting
1: way. the bird? Were they shooting they shot, the bird
0: he was chasing? They shot the bird he was chasing. Okay. That was 10 feet in front of him, and he was, like, yeah. 40 yards away from their blind. So you yeah. can think about the spread, like, the chances of yeah. him getting hit it's pretty high. So I'm like, and these guys were young and and like, I don't know. I was pretty furious. I didn't know. (laughs) I I don't know what you're supposed to do in that kind of situation. So I just got chief and left like, you know, like, what are you going to do? Storm their blind? And, and. So what
1: happened to the bird? Did you take the bird or. No, I mean, if,
0: if he would have picked it up, but he just turned around after they shot it and I think it was. He came back to you and so you never interacted with him? No, I didn't. How close did you get to him? Um, close enough. They could probably see me, but I didn't really look to look for them.
1: But not close enough that it was a forced interaction.
0: No. Yeah. I mean, I was probably like sixty yards away from their blind. Yeah. Um, still hugging the tree line. But you know, I did see them come out in a kayak later, and his younger guys. Not surprised. And in
1: the in their mind, you're the big jerk. Probably. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But no, you never shoot. Like I don't care what happens, you never shoot. Um, whether it's somebody else's dog, your dog at a bird that's 10 yards, like 10 feet away from yeah. a dog at 40 yeah, yards, yeah. especially uh-huh. just ever in, in general. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so that put a pretty big damper on that. Like I was so upset after that. I just couldn't like <laughs> do anything. And then that whole fiasco. So that, while that happened, while my dog is chasing their cripple, cause they're not actually retrieving the ducks they shoot till, you know, 40 minutes later after they've shot how many wood ducks over their limit. I don't know. Um, I mean, I can't say that. I shouldn't say that because I don't know, but they just shot They shot so much. Um, like we're well, here's what like you do know. Shells.
1: The, the bird that landed in your decoys, was, they would not have counted that towards their limit. Yeah. That's what you do know. And that's just one, one bird of the day that you know that they sailed yeah. and didn't and, retreat.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how many people were in their blind either. It could have been yeah, so I, I have no idea. It just seemed they seemed unethical. I would I'd put it that way at the end of the day. Um
1: <laughs> Did you document that whole experience?
0: I I did a poor job. I was just so upset that like, you yeah. know, and I didn't yeah. when I saw Chief going that way that I didn't grab my camera. I just grabbed the canoe. Mm-hmm. So you can see that on camera, my camera's still there. I just pulled the canoe out there and started charging after him. Yeah. Um because I knew what was going to happen. I mean, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I just didn't want him Over there by these people who are literally just stop nonstop shooting. So
1: (laughs) it's really difficult when things like that of high emotion start taking place to be like, all right, I'm going to document this and vlog this. It's really, really hard and sometimes not appropriate. (laughs) You know, I mean, sometimes it's like just the situation is way more important than worrying about getting it on video. But then afterwards, you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, I wish I'd gotten that on video.
0: Yeah, you're like I, I I tell all the stories for my hunts, and this is part of the story. So yeah, it, and yeah. it's just way better as far as like a story goes if you're telling it there instead of like in post in your basement yes. with a camera. So yeah. I, I know I did say something I haven't got. To, like, I'm currently editing this video. I haven't got to that part of the video. I can't remember what I said if or if I what I mentioned. Excuse mm-hmm. me. In that. So, uh, like I said, got the two wood ducks. Um, but while this whole thing was going on, I'm chasing their crippled bird around. Um, I miss like five flocks of wood ducks of you know five plus birds and and then when i'm pulling back into my spot in my canoe i have a group of till come in too that obviously you know i'm in my canoe and i take a shot kind of out of frustration take one shot um and it was probably like a 40 yard shot and Uh and then i didn't keep shooting i'm like you know like don't take these stupid shots just get back back in there and wait for these birds to decoy Uh but then the morning flight was over and uh (sighs) You know, didn't get, didn't get anything else, and uh, you know, trying to get back in time um, to go to church, but we didn't even end up going because my kid was sick. But anyways, that so that, whole, that defined your
1: old day. Then that yeah, find your old day. Yep. So, How frustrating. Yeah. How frustrating. But
0: besides that, I did get um, on the positive note. I did get some awesome shots of Chief um, and the, uh-huh. the wood duck. So I love getting photos of. Uh, kind of the scenic things, areas we hunt, especially, you know, dogs and ducks and all that kind of stuff. So,
1: (laughs) so when is your next video coming out? I'm dying to see this stuff. Uh,
0: well the HDR one that I've been working on at work is coming out probably this week or not probably it's, it's, I'll be done with it tomorrow. Um, completely done with it. And then, um, we'll see what I get edited tonight for the the Duckman Chronicles (laughs) video and yeah. that might be out in the next couple of days as well. Sweet. And then Sweet. I'm planning to kind of uh, uh, I'm having the migration report on Duckman Chronicles as well, so um, that'll be coming out every Friday as well.
1: When is the first submission due date on that? Uh,
0: this Thursday.
1: Oh. So I need to be sending you something. You better send a this, reminder to people.
0: This this Wednesday. I sent I sent a Tomorrow. reminder last week. Yep. <laughs>
1: you better send another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, need, I, I still
0: need some PNG files from people to f- complete the intro. But yeah, okay. I'll post that intro. Maybe I'll post that intro this week to get people kind of hyped to come see the full thing. So
1: Yeah. Rem- after the episode, remind me to talk about that <laughs> one more time. Because I want to run over exactly what I need to do again. Just a, as far as PNG and stuff, we'll talk.
0: righty. sounds good. Well, I think uh, we we went quite a while for just being one update. It. It's kind of crazy. So
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I guess let's real quickly, uh, briefly go over our plans for this next week. We'll start with you, Elliot. Yep
1: well we've got the um low plain zone opener which is my where i live and there and we have plenty of ducks around but we're gonna forgo it and head back west where it's not an opener so we don't have to deal with the masses and the crowds and all that and um fumbles is there scouting now and there are plenty of birds around i know we're gonna do at least two hunts um saturday and sunday both places we're gonna hunt are have plenty of plenty of birds so i'm really i'm really hopeful that we'll come out with our first mallards of the years and maybe a pentail or two i think it's going to be whatever we shoot's probably going to be far less teal at this point than what we've been shooting that'd be great mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um i guess for me um i'm still we're still scouting out for plans for this weekend. Um, my brother-in-law is coming in town. He's hunted with me a couple times, a few, few times in the past. We've always done pretty good, and he's he enjoys it. Um, he lives in Tennessee, so hopefully I can line something up good, whether it's just on my own or with the guys from HCR. Um, for the weekend, um, Thursday, I'm going out, um, bringing my little nephew. He is, I think, four, four or five, um, and I don't really care if we kill but one duck. I just want to get out there, have a little easy hunt, um, yeah. sitting up on the bank, and just... Something for him to have an experience. It'll be awesome, um, but yeah, I guess a poll that I'm gonna put in the Facebook group is I was curious what people would think um, about how young is it to show them kind of the process of cleaning a bird. I didn't want to like gross him out. He's already a little picky on his food, and <laughs> I don't know uh-huh. if that'd ruin it for him. So um, yeah, I'll put a poll in there and the fellowship of the duck gun kind of get everyone's opinion. Should I? Um, show him the process of cleaning a bird at four or five years old being a picky eater hmm. um, or is that something that should wait just give it's an interesting the topic duck nuggets
1: <laughs> very very interesting topic for sure yeah yeah I, I i would say my per my personal opinion on that would be it varies from child to child and it's like it's like when you're training a dog you want every experience to be pleasurable um, for a four or five year old in the hunting, everything they do, you want to be fun and pleasurable, just like a dog. If you throw them over their head in water the first time they may, they may be afraid of water. You have to be careful with, um, shooting with dogs cause they'll be gun shy. You want with a child, you want every single hunting experience to build up memories of excitement and fun. So if they show any kind of, to me, if they show any kind of resistance to cleaning or seeing them clean, then no, if they're curious and excited about it yes that that would be my take on it
0: yeah i think that's a pretty good opinion (laughs) all right guys i think that's all we got for tonight um thanks for tuning in again we really appreciate you guys coming along and joining us for the updates um but yeah that's all we got and uh, i'm jordan from duck hunt chronicles on youtube elliot from freelance duck hunting on youtube as well and we'll see you guys next time
1: take care and that's a wrap and i know you guys probably get
0: tired of hearing me say this every week but i really appreciate you guys tuning in this podcast wouldn't be what it is without each and every one of you guys um it's really awesome to see your guys support and see you guys tuning in week after week um being excited about duck hunting just like me and elliot so um you know a lot of times i use this portion of the podcast to thank partners or whatever but this week i really want to thank you guys the viewers um you know Because this podcast would really be nothing without you guys. So, anyways, guys, we're really pumped. Season's in. Um, At this point that I've edited this, I've been out on my duck hunting. um, And so, I'm feeling it. I'm super glad to be back at it again. Um, So, be sure to check out the next podcast coming up. We'll be talking about that kind of stuff um, here on the Friday podcast with a weekly update. Anyways, that's all we got for this week, guys. And we'll see you guys next time. Let's go.